Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Brady, hosting the show today, and I'm with Ilana Pruis. Ilana's been on the show with us before. Was talking about a very interesting concept I was particularly fascinated with. So I asked her to join us again and give us an update on Recast City and how that concept and projects are going. Alana, thanks for joining us again. My pleasure to be here. I'm really happy to be here with you today. Well, you wrote a book on this, so we want everybody to look for Alana's book. Is it on Amazon, by the way? It is on Amazon. Both the the uh, um, the the book itself and the Kindle are both on Amazon. Okay, great, great. Uh, give me the name of the book again. It's called Recast Your City: How to Save Your Downtown with Small Scale Manufacturing. And it's really a DIY book for anybody who cares about their downtown or their neighborhood center and sees the potential that businesses who make a product could play a, and serve a, an important role in that area, coming back to life or creating more opportunity for more people. Well, some years ago, I was uh, working with a very successful real estate person. He did commercial real estate. I then moved to the Atlanta area and was talking to him on the phone, still in a coaching capacity. And he said, oh, Atlanta, that's where they build shopping malls, strip malls, when the one right across the street is still half empty. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. So how is the world of strip malls and shopping malls doing? And where does Recast City plug its people into those? It's a great question. You know, we as a as a country, the United States, has built have we've built more commercial space, more space for stores on a per capita basis, on a per person basis than anywhere else in the world. Um, multiple times more than Canada, who's the one that's closest to us. And what it means is that exactly as you described, we have the new space across the street from the empty space. And the other challenge is, is that when people are filling those spaces, they're filling it with that same thing. So there's no competitive edge because that section of stores is just gonna be replaced by the next section of stores down at the next interstate on the highway because it's all the same shops. And what we've found over the time is that the places that have gone after their uniqueness, what makes them special, the businesses that are super local, um, that are different from everywhere else, those places have found longevity um, and really created places that attract people and bring them together because they want to be part of that unique and special place. And so what we're seeing in a lot of spaces, especially where we are coming through the pandemic, is that a lot of the retail market was already changing before the pandemic. The national chain stores were, were um, limiting their footprint. They were taking smaller stores. They were only in super prime locations. They weren't going to go anywhere that didn't already have amazing foot traffic. And then on top of that, we had all these closings during the pandemic. So we have vacant storefronts all over the country, big city, neighborhood, small town, you name it, people are dealing with vacancies. And one of the things that we're starting to work with folks on, not starting to, we've always worked with folks on, is how do you fill those storefronts, particularly with small scale manufacturing businesses, because they're in person and sell online, they can help draw that foot traffic, but aren't dependent on it when they're getting started. So you started this in Maryland, is that correct? Recast City is based in Maryland, but we've always worked nationally. Okay, I was going to ask, how is this being adopted uh, or become viral nationally? 
Absolutely. You know, we work in big cities like downtown Atlanta and we work in small towns like Center, Colorado. And the story is the same everywhere. The reasoning behind it is sometimes different in different places. So in a big city, the market might be too expensive for small scale manufacturers or a major real estate investment company bought a property and they don't want to reduce the price on ground floor space because it messes all of with their underwriting and the valuation of the property. We're in a smaller town the cost of renovating a space that's been vacant for a long time might be too high as compared to how much you can lease the space for in that community. And so we have a lot of mismatch going on between what's available, the size of what's available, as well as the price and the quality of what's available. And, and it's, it's sort of universal right now. Um, it's really almost a, a, I wouldn't call it an epidemic because we've been through a pandemic, but it's, it is of that proportion impacting our communities. I'm not surprised because in the pandemic, because of the shutdowns, a lot of places tragically went out of business. They needed that day-to-day -day funds flow to survive. So now they're out, the space is vacant. I'm glad to hear that you're getting greater success in, in adoption. What kind of manufacturing operations are you seeing going into these spaces, Alana? We're seeing a lot of consumer facing products move into storefronts, especially if it's downtown or a neighborhood main street. When there are commercial areas that are farther more like the, the commercial strip centers that you're talking about or their larger box, we're seeing a, a real mix of, of larger uses. But the consumer facing products, I, you know, I call them hot sauce and handbags. Um, you know, all these different artisan businesses, over the last decade, we've had an explosion of pop-up markets in holiday markets and in, in summer markets. And that's wonderful because in fact, these marketplaces are, are really incubators for small product businesses to learn product market fit, marketing, how do you actually make that product in an effective way? All the all of that testing we know needs to happen at the beginning of a, of a small a product business. And if we can support them with different kinds of technical assistance, we can also help more of those businesses scale into storefronts. So we really see more product businesses going into downtowns um, and neighborhood main streets. And then when we're a little bit farther out, we're seeing things like um, larger industrial spaces for breweries or distilleries or chocolate makers, scaling food products, we're seeing a, a significant growth of in the larger spaces, but then we're also seeing advanced manufacturing. All of these things that are good, good neighbors, they're modern manufacturing, um, they, they want to be a part of a community, they want to be in a place, they don't want to be out in an industrial park, um, they want to be close in to where their employees work and where people are, because a lot of times these businesses do a tasting event on the weekends, or they do an open house, and it's really a way, because these businesses are becoming gathering places within the community as well, they're not just one use, and it's really wonderful to see. Oh, it sounds terrific. I, I, it's one of the reasons I wanted to have you back on the show was to talk about the development of this conceptually when we talked to you, I think it was back in 2021, uh, it, it just sounded like a wonderful, brilliant use of space. Uh, is it catching on or people in the economic development groups within cities going, oh yeah, here's something we can do? Absolutely. It's, it's really exciting because people are starting to reach out to me um, in ways that say, we found these people, we're starting to talk to them, what do we do about it? Or 
um, we have these spaces and we heard you talking about small scale manufacturing and then we heard it in this other place and now we wanna do something about it. And we, we really do, we bring those, those community leaders together in our Recast Leaders Program, which is our national program where we work with communities to help them learn how to do this so that the capacity to understand who these businesses are, what their needs are, what kind of real estate needs there are, and what are the real estate owners need also in this really weird time that we're in and bring it all together to implement work around this. Um, it's, it's really been exciting to see the different kinds of places that all wanna make it happen. Let's go back just a minute to that national program that you put on. The Economic Development Authority people, how do they get in touch with you? Is it just through your website? Is there something in particular on their web on your website they should click on? We do. We do have a nat our national program is called Recast Leaders. And you can go to our website at recastcity.com. And there is a button on it that says Recast Leaders. And you can check all of the details out about it there. And if you'd like to join our wait list for our next cohort, um, there's information to do that as well. It's really exciting to get to work people through that program because we work with big cities all the way through small cities and a lot of different places in between. And the thing that brings them all together, I would say the thing that stands out about the economic development leaders, the elected officials, the downtown development or the main street folks who will all become part of this program is that they know that there is more that they can do. They know that there is opportunity in that place and with their small business owners. And they recognize that maybe they've done a little bit with small scale manufacturing. Maybe they've just thought about it. Maybe they know of one and they think it's really cool, like the chocolatier, which is always sort of at the front of everybody's mind or the jewelry maker that you know is right up there too. But they, they, they recognize that there is a potential there and they recognize that there's something they, they can do about it. Um, our, our Recast Leaders program is really all about finding the doers in the community who are hungry to make that cool thing happen in their community. And they recognize that there's a way to do it differently than they've done it before. Well, I think you're bringing a very important uh, aspect to these areas because economic development people probably don't naturally think manufacturing in a uh, retail uh, strip mall environment they, they seem uh, to not be paired but clearly you're having some success in putting that together absolutely i you know economic development training historically um was chase the smokestack right chase the big business give away lots of tax incentives lots of money to recruit that business and a lot of folks have realized that a, most places aren't going to win that competition, right? That you just can't recruit. Most places aren't going to win the recruitment battle. And B, the folks that are winning it have a great place, have a great downtown, have great neighborhoods that are part of the attraction. Because if people are going to move a business, they want to live in a great place also. And so it becomes part of the overall economic strategy to invest in having great places and figuring out how to do that. And small scale manufacturers are part of what make that place unique. Those local small businesses that you just don't find anywhere else that have that local story that have deep roots in the community that are never going to go anywhere the other part of it is those deep roots right when we invest in small scale manufacturers in our business and they hire five people or they grow to 10 or 20 employees those are jobs that are never going to leave our community they're never we're never going to be competing with the next highway interchange um, those are people who are deeply enmeshed in our community and 
who want to see it thrive, who spend their money in the community, whose kids go to school in that community. And I believe that that's a really phenomenal investment of our resources to do that, both in that place in downtown or neighborhood Main Street, as well as with those people. Well, I want to give our listeners and viewers a couple of examples of the more unusual manufacturing operations that are now in something like a strip mall location or a downtown location that, you know, we just wouldn't think, oh, I, I wouldn't have thought of that. So I've met uh, people who are doing advanced manufacturing in a storefront downtown. Uh, they had their 3D printer in the, in the front window. Uh, you could see it going at it all day, uh, and it was just so cool. They made elements having to do with a security system, I think. So a lot of their work was done in the back, right? Not everything was done up front, but they had open windows. They had tools in the front. It was it was very visually engaging, um, and it was a lovely place for their clients to come find them. So that was at sort of one side of it. Um, I've also met folks who have micro retail spaces where um, a um, ceramic jewelry maker is next to a person who does uh, watercolor prints, uh, who's next to a person who does textile production and sort of these micro, micro retail spaces all along one corridor, not on the main street side, but on the side street side. Um, where the cost of the space maybe wouldn't be that high anyway, and they wanted to do something interesting. So we've seen, we've seen everything under the sun. I do. I have to admit, I find the chocolate maker pretty much anytime I go on site anywhere. Um, that is that is a very fun aspect for me. Yes, you can certainly smell your way to the chocolate maker. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember uh, we did a project in Cincinnati years ago. I think the chocolate maker, uh, it's right next to their, their food hall, uh, Finley Market. Uh, in one of the shops right next to it, uh, they had a chocolate maker at the time was fairly new called Maverick. And I just remember going in, you know, you can always see in the back a little bit where they're making the chocolate and just so fun to get to have that kind of experience in a community. It is, there's actually a small town in Northern Wisconsin, which we visit uh, frequently uh, because I grew up in Wisconsin and. I love to take my kids up there and they have a fudge shop and the fudge shop has their copper cauldron in the front window. I love that. With the two people turning the, the ingredients and then they lift it out and pour it on a big cold slab uh, and work the fudge. It's fun to watch and of course it draws people into the fudge shop to do more than Absolutely. just Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely right, because shopping is an experience now. Going to a store is rarely about, you know, picking up a random thing. We go to the supermarket, people order on Amazon, right? Those are sort of our mundane things. But if people go out to shop, they want an experience. They want to interact with people. People are, are sort of desperate to come back together now. And so anytime we can do a festival, a pop-up that's featuring these small-scale manufacturers, we can ultimately provide them. There's all sorts of different kinds of technical assistance out there for small business owners, including product business owners, and then being able to connect them up with properties within our community. It's really an amazing um, chance for us to grow those businesses locally and, and help more people thrive within our community. Yolanda, how many uh, spots around the country would you say are involved in this kind of revitalization effort, um, probably a whole lot of towns that you're reaching out and touching. 
Well, we've worked with over 60 places already, and that's on small scale manufacturing. We've also worked with um, small business lending institutions in 120 different places. So people wow. are paying attention to this. Um, people care about this, and it's really only growing. A lot of folks are figuring it out on their own. It's one of the reasons I wrote the book, Recast Your City, is because there are so many places that want to get this done. I wanted people to be able to take the book and take the worksheets that come with the book and, and make it happen within their community. Um, I don't have any state secrets. Uh, I, it's all really transparent the way we do the book, the work, because we want, we really want people to be able to get it done in whatever way makes sense for them. And we're there to help if they want more help through Recast Leaders. Um, but but it's, it's really exciting to see it spread nationwide. In your opinion, is it a fairly uncomplicated process to make it happen unlike the big smokestack operations? Yes, I, I would say it's not easy, but it is straightforward, right? When we, when we work with folks, we take them through a five-step process and it's making sure you're really clear about that outcome. What is that outcome you want to achieve in that place? I always talk about my magic wand. If you had the magic wand and you could experience that place on a Saturday at three or Wednesday at six, tell me what you would see, tell me what you would experience. If you can create that vision in words, then we know where we're going. Um, who do you wanna make sure is benefiting from that? Being really clear about that. And then how do we find the small scale manufacturers? We have a whole method um, that we give people to find the small scale manufacturers, understanding the needs of the property owners as well, as well as what's going on in the entrepreneurial ecosystem to take advantage of, because we wanna be able to build on what's already going on in that community. And most of the time when people are looking at entrepreneurship programs, and different kinds of small business support, they're rarely even thinking about the small scale manufacturers and they certainly don't know where to find them uh, or that they have specific needs that are unique to them like supply chain and distribution and pricing because they're using raw materials. So um, all the way through implementation, what are the projects you can implement in the next three to six months that could make a real difference for these small scale manufacturers and your community while you're working towards the bigger, harder things. Oh, wow, that's exciting. You've really got it mapped out for them. That's terrific. So those folks who are looking for you uh, or one of the program, what's the website? The website is recastcity.com. But if you want the book, you can get the first chapter of the book for free at, no, it's this way, recastyourcity.com is the book website. That's a great okay. place to start. Okay. Is there a link between the two on your website? Yeah, they all link. They all talk to each other. Perfect. Well, Alana, I was so excited to talk with you the first time. I'd be more excited this time. You've gone into a lot more detail about how to really make this happen. It's actually really happening out there. Um, as we wrap up this segment, anything else you want to share or encourage uh, either an economic development authority group or some folks to do to get in touch with you or to, to think that, you know, you can really do this? I, I think that's really the, the thing I was thinking about is that we don't have to settle for a lot of vacant storefronts. There are so many things we can do about it. And I would really love to hear from folks who want to do something about it, who believe that what their community can be and do can be better. Um, and we want to help them get there. Well, you're certainly doing a terrific job with it. And uh, again, thank you for joining us again 
Uh, we probably have back in a couple more years to see the new pins in the map and what's happening. So we always look forward to that, Alana. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Tim. It's been a blast and we uh, encourage folks to check out recastcity.com. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it and want to su help support the show, we'd like you to subscribe here on YouTube, share on social media, uh, leave a review, check us out on any of your audio listening platforms. And again, check out recastcity.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.